With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Man, that Masters looks good with uh, that TV screen in there. Just the flowers come shooting right out there. Do you know if they have a late spring at Augusta and the flowers haven't bloomed? Or if they have an early spring and they're past the prime? They'll sneak up into the woods and put pots up there. No, really, make it look like it's in full flower. Yes, they. Uh, now they can't take do anything about the trees being past full flower or not there yet. How often does but, that happen? Oh, about half the time. Really? It's, yeah. Because mm. every time I watch it on TV, it looks gorgeous. Yes. Well, they uh, they spend a lot of time. Oh man, keeping the romance going. There's some very interesting cats. <laughs> One year, uh, they decided number 11, which is, uh, okay, you go down the hill on number 10, a tough hole that you go down in that valley, and then you got to hit the shot up where Bubba hit the famous yes, shot around yep. the tree. And that 11 is this ungodly thing that you come out of this chute, and then the green is sitting down there on the left. Uh, but... Uh, it's sitting down there on the left in front of the water and everybody was hitting it around the corner and making it a little flip wedge shot into there. And this offended them. But so one spring we show up, they build a forest, baby. Why we were, they just, all of a sudden they got a forest there that makes the guys go to the right. You know, they got to hit yep. it out of the chute and stay to the right. Yeah. It's not, they were just all new trees planted big enough, not not fully mature trees, <laughs> but but big enough to make them go where they wanted them to go. <laughs> they just build a forest. So when you're planning for, you know, the yearly masters, when they're doing their adjustments of the course, oh, yes. there's not a whole lot of wiggle room, right, to, to well, change the have, landscape? They've of- taken most of it up. They, they've. The course, from when I first went there, whatever year Stadler won, I think 82 was my first one, to now they've had to add 700 yards, oh, six, have. 700 okay. yards. I was telling uh, Wheeler that number two, which is the par five downhill where a lot of guys make, everybody makes birdie if they're playing decent, but it used to be, uh, it, there's, there's woods back in there, but they were woods, okay? Mm-hmm. And then there was this plateau, and they hit it off this plateau, and it rolled down the hill, and then they could get home. Well, they they started, and there was a bunker out there to keep, great big bunker on the right, to keep them from 
going too far down, from sure. going down the hill. They mm-hmm. had to play behind the bunker. Well, then they started blowing it over the bunker. You know, they would whoop. Mm-hmm. And that thing, had, it'd get over the bunker and it'd run downhill like a jackrabbit, man. The ball <laughs> would just go like, so. If especially if the course was dry. So then they moved it back. They There was all of a sudden one year you get there and there's a new tee. 30 yards back in the woods. They still were hitting it over the bunker. The next year, they were 60 yards back in the woods. Down there, you could barely see them back in there. And it was it was right next to the back fence. We, we thought that we didn't know what they were going to do. We thought maybe they were going to build it out in the parking lot and make you hit it back in there because they, they just... they. They wanted they wanted the course to be played the way it used to be played. Well, they finally gave up on that. It's impossible. But I thought part of the charm of the Masters and the mystique is that the players, you know, the the experience is what they want to to weigh in the favor of the course. So, in other words, they they like that there's routine and that every player knows every nook and cranny of uh, yes, that golf what course. What they don't like is when uh, the winners. Uh, Eighteen under, sure. like uh, Mr. Woods was there. Uh, that that shook them up something fierce. When we got to uh, do something yes. now, <laughs> and of course, like every other collection of idiots, when Tiger was young and strong and hit the ball further than anybody, they figured the way to Tiger proof the golf course was to make it longer. You were playing into his hands, right? Right. So <laughs> he was still hitting different shots than everybody else, but he was hitting six irons when they were hitting fairway woods, you know? Mm-hmm. So so somebody finally got smart and started saying, okay, we're going to make them tighter, and everybody's going to be hitting their second shot from the same place Tiger is because there's, you know, there's, there's many holes that there's no advantage in hitting it long, long, long. But if you made the golf course longer, you just basically you were giving him another giving advantage, him a big advantage. Now I gave uh, Joe and Corzo yesterday. Did you hear the? Um, did you hear the quiz, the Masters quiz that I gave them yesterday? No, no, I was at. The well, ball you were game. chronicling the yes, ballpark. Yes, I was, and I couldn't remember what was the name of the uh, the bird. You because you tweeted it out, and I couldn't remember the name of the eagle that landed on Paxton. It was Challenger. Challenger, that's yes, Challenger. what it was. Okay. Challenger. And, it was and so great. It was. It was fantastic. But poor Challenger, all these sports teams that want to be more patriotic than every other team, yeah. they're wearing his ass out. He's, they're killing him. He gets no time off. He's playing too many minutes. Yes, right. He's playing too many minutes. <laughs> Uh, you know, and now you got fifty, forty thousand people screaming, and you got jet airplanes going over the top of him. He got a little confused. He didn't know which route to I take. I said they got to give him a couple of weeks off to go fishing. You know, I mean, uh, you know, let him go down to Florida in the backwaters there and catch a few fish. And, well, I blame Tibbs for that. Yeah, I think so. Too many minutes. He looks scrawny. He used to look better. Is this not? This is the same bird. I think so. Sure, why not? Well, you know, maybe he's like Hammer. Maybe there's more than one. But, uh, you know, this was the, uh, I'll tell you one thing. I was impressed with two things about James Paxton. How hard he throws and how he didn't freak out. Oh, his he did. You know what he had? You know what he had? Poise. He had poise. He had poise. The Seattle guys (laughs) said that if it had been Felix, 
Oh, he'd still be running. <laughs> he wouldn't have stopped. He'd be well past St. Paul. Through the crowd. Through the crowd. He up would. the... Hey, Felix is... Uh, Wait a minute. Felix doesn't like creepy creatures or anything. They said we would have never seen him again. He would have gone. He would have been back home, wherever the hell he comes. Wait a minute, guys. What if Challenger had landed on... Adrian, our guy Adrian Beltre's oh, head. Could you yeah. imagine? <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. Could you imagine that? Adrian oh would God. have done to him what Dave Winfield did to the Seagull. He would have killed him. <laughs> he would have been in prison, <laughs> yes. never to be voted into the Hall of Fame because he no, killed the bald he eagle. He killed the bald eagle. <laughs> Carlos Gomez was another one I yes, had in mind. He was I jumpy. I don't think Gogo would have handled it too well either. And he's faster than Felix. He would have been in I Milwaukee. Felix we would have never seen him. No, again. they said he would have went. Whoop. He would have taken off. It was because we they they showed it in here in, in studio on Fox Sports North, so we were all watching it. Because I told Joe because uh, it was at the tail end of GL. I said, "Hey, put put it up," because he was watching golf. And I said, put it on because the flyover, they always show the flyover sure. for opening day, and he always misses it. Yeah. So I said, turn it on, Fox. And literally, because we were in a commercial break, and literally the second he turned to it, that's when the eagle came swooping down. <laughs> yeah. And we all said, I said, right. I said, Paxson didn't even flinch. Well, he, he just did. kind of bent over a little bit, but he said, well, I, you see his quotes today? He yeah, said he great. could felt the talons, but he just figured, okay, I'll just. Stand here and wait. So did Challenger mistake him for the handler, do you think? Yeah, he got confused. He took a right. I think maybe the sound made him take a right, and then he saw a guy standing over there. Oh, here's my guy. Yeah, because he was by himself. Paxton was, like, stretching. Out in the outfield. He was stretching in left field, and then when the anthem was being played, he stopped, and he was standing out there at attention, and all of a sudden, right at the end of the anthem, maybe it was Dessa's voice that scared him. I don't know, but... uh, he uh, went right at him. And, if it uh, was Felix, we'd have never seen him <laughs> no, again. No. By the way, James Paxson done hit 98 a few times. 97 pretty yeah. consistently. You got one ball and two strikes on Miguel Sano. And you're ahead two to nothing. And there's a man on first base. And you decide to throw him a knuckle curve at 80 miles an hour. <laughs> Somebody has got to be responsible for that. You throw a 97-mile fastball at his letters, and he strikes out. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. What do these? Why are you trying to fool him when it, you throw 97? And he golfed that If thing. you throw it down, if you throw the fastball down, Miguel can hit it, you know? Not real well, but he can hit it. But if you throw him 97... At the boobs. He's got no shot. And by the way, how Miguel of a game was that yesterday? That's yes, right. The bad <laughs> play. Boots a couple in the... Yeah, the bad play, the good play. But, uh, yeah. You know, his... He's he's as good as Ploofy was when Ploofy was playing bad at third. Sure. <laughs> Ploof was a well, tad more consistent. Him, he drives though. you crazy. But he's hit three homers, and they basically won three games. And the play he made so, at the end of the Pittsburgh game yeah, was pretty was good. Good play. Good play. But uh, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> Miggy do what Miggy do. Yeah. Miggy being Miggy. He do be Miggy. That's for sure. He had a kid in the clubhouse yesterday with him that uh, got some of his dad's traits for erratic behavior. Ah! Two-year-old. Was he all over the place? Running like crazy. Yeah. Running like crazy. All right. We'll be back. 
I was looking up some tunes by uh, our musical guest for today, who we will be introducing later, and I ran across uh, Toby Keith and a guy named Steve Emmerich. Scott. At, Scott Emmerich. Scott Emmerich. Mm-hmm. At uh, the, uh, I, I, some appearance with Willie. I think it was Willie his 70th was birthday, birthday Maybe presentation. Maybe his 70th yeah, birthday. Yeah. And I I kind of knew this song existed, but I hadn't heard oh. it yet. I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. <laughs> and the crowd seemed to enjoy oh, it. Oh, of course they, had, they did. I think this was the first time they sang it. I think whatever oh, this that was, was the debut. This, this, nice. this was the YouTube one, I think. That uh, I, I don't think uh, with a guy like Willie, you could have probably honored him in any Oh, better way that's the way to, it's to be to done. Point out that uh, that the young fellas couldn't even hang uh, hang in there no. with him when he was seventy years old <laughs> no. on the bus. Uh, but it's uh, it's see, I guess this is why I've uh, come to really enjoy old country because who's going to do that? You know, who's oh, going to yeah, right. sing that to? Who's going to get a two? Maybe Manny and I'll do that about you and Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I'll never listen to Racy Belch. You know, <laughs> something like that. So, uh, gentlemen, did you see Marlene Stallings? I did. Is interviewing at Texas Tech. And unlike when you suggest Patino's off to interview for there. a job, she's actually going to do and it. And you know who's going to be the happiest man in. The Twin Cities, if she takes the job. Mark Coyle? Mark Coyle. I think she is not. She had a hell of a year, and maybe she can coach, although she didn't coach any defense till this year. But I don't think any noble effort will be made. To match to, the Texas Tech to offer? match whatever offer she might, if she gets offered the job. I would imagine she's not flying down there unless she's getting offered the job, right? Well, I would assume so, yeah. 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 I they don't draw, you know. They had a good year. They drew a few people at the end, but not too many. But this is the no-brainer of all time, isn't it? And we just saw Memphis, the University of Memphis, demonstrate to us what you do, right? Mm-hmm. They hired Penny Hardaway. They don't care if he can coach. They know <laughs> he's going to get the players. And he's going to have assistance, and and Penny knows his basketball too. Mm-hmm. But and he'll get he's, the AAU he's not going to have to X yeah. and O and hell. He's going to get the like they used to get the five best players in Memphis and West Memphis. And if you do that, you go to Final Fours, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whalen. No, Whalen. No, Whalen. The most popular female athlete in Minnesota history. Smart kid. Knows her hoops, and here's what you do: you have her play this season with the Lynx. The new coach is going to win one last championship with the Lynx. Huh? You got a couple of highfalutin assistants: Trent Tucker and Lindsay and uh, Kelly Roisley. or Big Mama. No, you we might get her into. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we want to give her a lot of role modeling responsibilities, <laughs> Big Mama. But uh, we get her. She could teach toughness. Well, they always have a ba- operations director. Right? Okay, she okay. could be the operations director. Yes, and she might, you know, personality coach. But Trent Tucker, <laughs> smart guy. He got railroaded over out of his job in Minneapolis. I was talking to Larry Fitz Senior and Charlie Holman, and it was a just a political deal for somebody over You're there. You're kidding me. Somebody over there didn't like him. Had too much power. Who wants to see some power? Political deal. Trent Tucker. We've always wanted him to be the men's coach. 
he could come over. He'd recruit. He knows basketball. Kelly Roisland over at, you know, great gopher. Yeah. Over at Mac. She comes over. You know who else? Shannon Bolden's is up at uh, Northland. Uh, oh, coaching yeah. coaching yeah. up there. Shannon Bolden. That, I got their staff for them. I was so inspired by this because I solved, what, a couple of days ago, I solved baseball's cold weather yes, problem. Yes, you did. The right? Roycey plan. The Roycey plan. Now, this is not a, a crisis yet because we don't even know if the coach is leaving. But I've decided I've got a new handle on Twitter. The Fixer. You got a problem, sports problem, I'll fix it. Well, right? I'm the fixer. Hold on. Time out. <laughs> what? Maybe the fixer, as it relates to sports, might not be a good uh, no, name. Oh, well, it's a different kind of fixer. <laughs> right. There was the fixer. The fixer was the guy that had the guys out in Vegas in the hot tubs. Anderson That's what I mean. <laughs> this is a new... Ah, this is a different kind of fix. How about the sports fixer? <laughs> the sports. Well, that's that's the same as the. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's even more blatant. We're not really than the other solving one. it there. But uh, okay, how, okay. How about, what about the PR of having the Lakes are in the finals, and every time Lindsay's coming up the court, they say that is a new Minnesota Gophers uh, basketball coach. Okay, uh, playing guard. I like where you're going with this, but here's my only question. Because it's Lindsay's made it clear that broadcasting is the route she wants to yeah, take once well, her career is done. You know what a broadcasting pays her? Hundred and a half. You know what playing for the Lynx pays her? Hundred and a quarter. You know what coaching a Gophers women's team pays you? Four hundred, four fifty, something like that. Okay, and I know, you know she'd recruit. You can buy a lot of beer at the bar in Hutchinson for four fifty. I'll tell you. All of, at we, that you class reunion, she'll be a. We will tab. do whatever it takes if that happens to become the home of That's Gopher right. women's basketball. Yes, it would be fantastic. Uh, but, you know, it's, she's the first call this guy makes if Stallings leaves, isn't it? Oh, let's, I would think so. Let's get the happy news from uh, uh, Wall Street. Let's head out east to get the Your Money Now report. It comes to us courtesy from Owatonna's own Federated Insurance. And with that happy news, here is Bruce Vale with Your Money Now. Well, while I do this, Patrick, you can uh, answer line three. It's Boston College basketball calling, something about a fixer. They want you to uh, call them back. Uh, we had some bad news today from China. China said it is ready to strike back. It threatened new U.S. tariffs on Chinese goods, and that led to more trade concerns and sent stocks sharply lower to close out the week. It ended up being a losing week despite the gains Tuesday through Thursday. Today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 572 points to 23,932. The NASDAQ Composite dropped 161 points. The S&P 500 fell 58. The Trump administration is pursuing ways to protect domestic car manufacturing by forcing imported cars to meet stricter environmental rules when entering the country, a move that would make imports more expensive. And Google issued its first voice-activated coupon, a $15 offer for Target orders placed on the shopping service Google Express via Google Assistant. The offer was activated by saying, spring into Target into your Google Assistant or typing that into the Google app. Google is also running a pilot program with Target to help customers learn more about this capability. I'm Bruce Vale with Your Money Now on 1500 ESPN. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Have a good week.
weekend. Uh, this traffic sponsored by Indeed. Congestion wise, we are off to a pretty good Friday start. One incident crash on 494 westbound at Lindale Avenue. The right shoulder there is blocked. Other than that, things are uh, sailing along fairly smoothly. Are you hiring with Indeed? You can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Our forecast cold. 8 tonight, 32 tomorrow, 32 Sunday. Snow moves in Sunday afternoon. Sticks around through Monday. Johnny Height, uh, this is going to be a dynamic segment because we're only having one okay. here today. Uh, Al Bernstein from uh, Showtime will be calling us to give us a little preview of the Caleb Truex, uh, James D. Gall fight on Very Saturday nice. night in Vegas. Very nice. Sunshine, uh, 21 degrees. Twins are off today. They'll be back at it tomorrow afternoon against Seattle. Twins 4-2 and two on the young season. If you missed it last night, the Nuggets beat the Wolves. That means the Wolves and Nuggets are tied for the eighth spot in the Western Conference. Uh, they both have three games left. The Lakers uh, play the Timberwolves tonight in Los Angeles. And uh, the last game of the season, this would be interesting if it uh, comes down to this. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets are here yes. next Wednesday night. I want them to miss. Come on, let's. <laughs> we can do it. That'll be a fun game. But uh, tonight is probably the key game of the season. Yeah. You cannot, yep. you cannot Aren't the Lakers the playing Lakers. pretty good? Well, the last couple of weeks they haven't been playing so no, well, they're but they're again. but they're they've got nothing to lose, and they're certainly looking to play spoilers. So let's just, uh, let's put it this way: the Wolves have lost to worse teams. Yep. They okay. Have. <laughs> I just want to so have Memphis teams. here in the revenge game Monday. Yeah. <laughs> revenge so if they can beat the game. Lakers tonight. They got the revenge game. Uh, they'll be playing Denver. <laughs> so do they need to win one of the? Th- no, no, no. They, yeah, they, at least two. Yeah, at yeah. least two. And even you're and if probably, you, if if you one of two, the losses still is Denver, you're out of luck. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the- I tell you, the Rockets are nervous, though. They don't want to face us in the first <laughs> round. Yeah. At the we ma- can hold them to 2021 threes. Why not? Yep. <laughs> at the Masters, Patrick Reed is through seven today. He's in the lead at six one under. Of my picks. Mark Leishman is at five under through eight holes. A bunch of guys died at four under. Uh, Tiger's going the wrong way, as they say. Uh, through eight today, he's uh, plus four. Birdie putt right now on number 10, actually, and he's still at four. Five, it looks like the cut. So. Yeah. News notes from today. Uh, one man arrested after a crash involving a Ramsey County squad car and another vehicle early this morning. Ramsey County Sheriff's Department Public Information Officer Rebecca Sherman said it all happened about 2.25 this morning. A deputy was near County Road I at Lexington near Shoreview when he saw a car going 80 miles an hour in a 40-mile-an-hour zone. Sherman said he tried to stop the vehicle, which reportedly sped up, then stopped and pulled out a bit. That's when the deputy's vehicle collided with the car near Donegal Drive and Turtle Lake Road in Shoreview. The suspect, a Shoreview male born in 1980, taken to the hospital. No injuries reported. Upon discharge, the suspect arrested. He's been charged with third and fourth degree DWI. Roseville Police Department will investigate the portion of the incident involving the crash. So 80 and a 40 and drunk? Uh-oh. Yeah. That's yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he B- might lose his license. Yes. <laughs> BNSF. But the beauty is that won't stop him if he no, loses no. his license. BNSF Railway confirms a rock slide stopped train traffic this morning for an early part of the morning off Warner Road in St. Paul. Hmm. Spokesperson That's said... That's our second one in two days. Rock slide? Well, no, we had a train derail... Yeah, that was a derailment. This was a rock slide. Just a rock yeah. slide, okay. Yeah. Spokesperson said the company received a report of a rock slide about one in the morning. Uh, traffic in the area held until the slide was cleared. One track returned to service around five this morning, the other about eight. Spokesperson said trains are now once again moving through that area. 
It'll take up to an estimated $50 billion to help rebuild Puerto Rico, according to the uh, administrator of FEMA. Brock Long said today his agency aims to make the island's roads, homes, bridges, and electrical grid as strong as possible. But he noted officials are running out of time because the next hurricane season starts on June 1st. Long said his agency is coordinating a June 14th planning and training exercise with the government in Puerto Rico, in which life-saving supplies will be delivered to the island's 78 municipalities to ensure better response times for any upcoming storms. More than 50,000 power customers still remain without power after the Category 4 storm hit on September 20th. South Carolina debated seceding from the Union more than 150 years ago. That decision helped lead to the Civil War. Uh, now, apparently, the topic's coming up again. <laughs> a trio of state House Republicans in mm-hmm. South Carolina yesterday quietly introduced a bill that would allow lawmakers to debate seceding from the U.S. if the federal government <laughs> confiscates guns purchased in oh. South Carolina. Uh. Okay. The bill provides that the General Assembly... You know, that Second Amendment, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson specifically said we got to have our AK-47. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes. The bill provides that the general assembly. <laughs> the bill provides the general assembly shall convene to consider whether to secede from the U.S. based upon the federal government's unconstitutional violation of the Second Amendment to the United States Constitution. The measure, sponsored by Reps Mike Pitts, Jonathan Hill, and Ashley Trantham, has no real chance this session. The deadline for bills to move from one chamber to the other is April 10th. Uh, back in 1860, South Carolina became the first state to declare it had seceded from One of my uh, greatest radio moments, Reavers, was the uh, last time I filled in for the mayor. It's got to be eight, nine years oh, ago. Oh, it was longer than that because it was before it my time. 10, 10 yeah. 12 years. Whatever it was. I was filling in for him. This was when he was in drive time. We I, are taking your and calls. I came in and uh, I came in and said... This is their new show for 3 o'clock. I am replacing the mayor. And then I came out with about three things that they hated. You know, we're going to, you know, small businesses are overrated. They don't pay the, you know, minimum. And I can't, they went nuts. The the place almost was poor. Up. Was poor Rook sitting yeah, here? They almost blew the place up. It was fantastic. Oh, They're easy to needle. Almost as good as the time Mishki, uh, cracked the mic and said, sure is a shame to hear about old Joe passing away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that, were you on that show, John? Uh, I, I don't recall that. He killed me once. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. I was gone uh, fr- from work and uh, somebody called and asked about John and he said, I'm sorry, John, he was killed in a car accident. <laughs> and that was it. Then he stopped talking about it and people thought I had been killed in a car accident. Thanks, Tommy. God bless you, Tommy. Nothing will ever beat when he was the pulling the tickets at the uh, Hubbard Christmas party. And the I can't remember what the grand prize was, but Conus was around and they'd won like three in a row. And pulls it out for the grand prize and says, it's Conus again. And he threw it back in the ball. <laughs> People went insane. Insane. The original bleepster. <laughs> oh, yes. God. Uh, very important news here tomorrow. <laughs> Is National Beer Day. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's why we're doing the Brewers Ball. The day established to not only honor the history of beer. Sold out. Sold out, baby. Well, no, you can maybe get a ticket. You just have to go to the door. (laughs) MNBrewersBall.org. It also celebrates the Cullen Harrison Act, an act which allowed people to buy, sell, and drink beer that had 3.2% alcohol by volume and was signed by FDR in 1933. Your quick history. 
1919, the Volstead Act became law, and by 1920, the entire U.S. subject to prohibition. That meant you couldn't have beer, wine, mm-hmm. grain liquors. While prohibition wouldn't become repealed until, until December 5th, 1933, U.S. citizens received an early break eight months earlier when Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the Cullen-Harrison Act. After he signed the bill, FDR is reported to have said, I think this would be a good time for a beer. Hey, uh, three two beer is pretty well gone, right? There isn't, isn't pretty isn't much around at all. Well, anymore? because basically, it's now that the laws have changed yeah. for Sunday, it's rendered obsolete pretty mm-hmm. much. But I, there's probably a few places you could still get it. I'm sure. I bet, yeah, you could find some. A Missouri man who decided to clean out his truck found a two-month-old Powerball lottery ticket worth... Oh, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say a two-month-old baby. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> two-month-old lottery ticket worth $50,000. Jason Jacobs of Independence said he bought, he bought three Powerball tickets for the January 24th drawing using Quick Pick, but he put the tickets in the center council of his truck, you know, and mm-hmm. forgot about them until last week. He said, I decided to clean my truck out. I pulled out the tickets. First thing I did was check how long the ticket was good for, make sure it wasn't expired. Uh, it was not expired. He said the, he and his wife then scanned the tickets at the local Quick Trip store. He said they were confused when the scanner's reader pulled up the message claim at lottery office. He said, so we took the ticket up to the register to have it checked out. The lady said, sir, you just won $50,000. Wow, isn't that something? Couple said the money will go toward a college fund for their nine-month-old daughter. And possibly, sure it will. Possibly a family <laughs> They're going to be in Barbados next week. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> we'll just take five grand of it, okay? <laughs> a Michigan college student said she used a CPR technique she learned from NBC's The Office to save the life of a drowning squirrel. Central Michigan. Didn't University. we just repair him with some shattered feet we the did, other day remember? too? Lost some feet. Was it? Oh. Well, we no, that, that was a squirrel. Yeah, that was a squirrel. Mm. We put flippers on a duck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did that <laughs> and painted them. Remember, painted the flippers yellow. Oh, that was the duck. I remember. Yeah. Tiger hits another one in the woods. He cannot hit his driver, man. <laughs> so you're saying the comeback is dead? Well, I don't, I, he's not going to win Augusta. It slowed down anyway. So anyway. How's that? Cat? What's the punchline? She just said she saw an, an off in a, the office one of the American episodes where apparently uh, the uh, staffers learned to use the beat of the song "Stay Alive" by the Bee Gees to time chest compressions. She said that's what she did with the squirrel. You know, when it got to winter in uh, full of Minnesota and all the seasons were closed, the only thing you could hunt was cottontails and squirrels, sure, right? Sure, yeah. And uh, the squirrels, we used to just blast their nests up in the tree and see if they came <laughs> falling out of them or not. That was, that was some class honey, right? Just blast them with a the shotgun oh and my one God. falls out. You got yourself squirrel dinner, baby. I got one. Okay. Yeah, I tracked them hard here. All right. Uh, hopefully. We'll be back with Al Bernstein. Al Bernstein will be ringside for showtime on Saturday night when our guy Caleb Truex fights James DeGaulle for the championship that Truex took away from him in December in London. How you doing, Al? Hi, I'm good. Nice to be with you guys. Yes, sir. So how good did Turex have to be that night to win a decision in London? That was, uh, you don't do that too often. No, he fought a terrific fight. He was, um, uh, he was very focused. Uh, they had looked at a fight previous to that in which Badu Jack had uh, fought a draw with James DeGale, and many people think possibly won that fight. And they really tailored their fight plan to a lot of the things that Badu Jack did because 
Caleb Truex could do it. And, uh, and he executed extremely well and astonishingly, although one uh, judge scored a draw inappropriately, he, he managed to get the decision, and it was, uh, it was an extraordinary win for him. I saw him before he headed for Vegas here. Man, he's a rock. He looks, he's in good, he'll, he'll be in good condition if nothing else, Caleb Truex. Oh, for sure. Well, he's, an, it, I mean, he's, very, he's a, uh, a very focused and intelligent um, athlete, and, uh, and he's, he understood what it took to get it done the first time. And he said, we had our fighter meeting with him recently, just a little while ago, and he said he's more motivated for this fight because he knows some people think it was a fluke and he was lucky to win and maybe the gale wasn't physically where he should have been, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, I'm more motivated to, to prove those people wrong uh, a second time. Do you uh, did you see it as the huge upset? Everybody uh, is uh, calling it one of the biggest upsets in British boxing history, etc. It is. It was a huge upset, um, and I think it was hard to discern that because I, I thought Caleb would give a good showing uh, of himself in that fight. He's an excellent fighter, and really. Other than the a one round knockout to Andre Duell, which came at a very bad time for him, he had no time to train. There were uh, illness in his family that made it very difficult for him to, to even concentrate on that fight. And it was a fight he shouldn't have taken, probably. And he got knocked out with other couple losses on his career. One was to Danny Jacobs, who's arguably one of the two best middleweights in the world. And so Caleb Truex has been a very good fighter. He hasn't had the right opportunity at the right time. And so I thought he would fight well against the Gale. Um, but, you know, he was clearly the underdog for a reason in that fight. Um, so I can't say I predicted he would win, but I thought he would give a good accounting of himself, and he did a lot better than that. Uh, DeGale at his best, uh, where was he? Was he one of the 10, 12 best fighters in the world or not quite that high? Well, I don't know if he's that high, but James DeGale is a, a very good fighter. He's exceptionally good. And, you know, he had the injury after the Badu Jack fight, took a, uh, some punishment in that Badu Jack fight as well. And um, the big question is, he told us when we talked to him, you know, that he thought he could get by because he thought he could beat Caleb Truex, and he wasn't 100%. Uh, but, you know, uh, he, there's no question he took Caleb Truex lightly. The question is, is he doing it again? That's what some people wonder. And some of his comments, even looking forward, yeah. have people wondering whether he literally did not learn the lesson the first time. Um, and that's what, I mean, this fight has many interesting storylines, and that's one of them. Yeah, one of his quotes that uh, was being repeated even here last week was, uh, Truex is not at my level, and uh, I right. thought I could have beaten him uh, even if I wasn't at my best with either arm after his shoulder surgery. So, uh, you know, sometimes that's just uh, firing people up for the fight, but that uh, that is a little uh, that's a little offensive to Truex. He certainly can get the uh, nobody-gave-me-a-chance angle going for himself, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know he knows. You know he said, "Look, I, I, I'm fighting. I've had a better. He has had more time to prepare for this fight than he's had for most fights that he's been in. He's had to take a lot of fights at short notice." So he said, "Here I am. I'm fighting a, a person I've already beaten with a much better chance to prepare this time." He said, "Why should I not feel confident?" And it's an interesting point of view. Uh, hey, Al, uh, Caleb was uh, appearing last week. They were uh, promoting a, uh, a 
boxing uh, match that they're going to have later this month at the old Minneapolis Armory, which used to be where the Flanagans fought, Sugar Ray fought yeah. here. They've spent millions of dollars to redo this place. This, it, it's fantastic. It's a great old building. we got to get Showtime in here for a fight, man. I, if Caleb Truex can win this fight, I would love it if we came to, um, um, to Minneapolis for him to defend his title. That would be fantastic. Um, that would be a lot of fun. That would be, that'd be great. I haven't been there in quite a while. I did on the old ESPN Top Right Boxing Series. We came up to Minneapolis three or four times to do, to do some boxing shows. And, uh, I was there for the, uh, doing boxing for the, um, it was the Junior Olympics uh, one year, but uh, I'd love to come back. I'm a Midwest guy anyway from Chicago, so I love going to the Midwest. And the great thing about this place is it's the right size. You know, they've either been too big or too small here. The big mm-hmm. arena, and the, this is like five, 6,000, and uh, and everything is uh, everything's great. Yeah, it's good. That's so. Pack that place, I'm sure. Oh yeah, they would. He's uh, he's gained a pretty good following here for good reason. So what uh, is it? How Showtime's uh, boxing cards doing? You getting some good fights? Oh, we've had a great. Well, boxing in general has had a last, last year and this year has been terrific, and we've had um, we've we've been on a roll with some great fights. And tonight or uh, tomorrow night, we've got a, of course that card is is stacked not only with Caleb Truex and James Gale, but also. Um, <clears throat> we've got uh, a training unification match at 154 pounds. Jared Hurd and Arslan Bilara, that should be fantastic. Uh, so we've got a, a really good triple header. But it's been a great year for the sport and for us. Yeah, it's uh, it, it does seem that uh, we're having a little uh, a comeback here for sure. So what uh, have you have you heard of this uh, kid from uh, Minnesota, this uh, Jamal James? Have you heard of that kid? I know of him. I haven't seen him fight though, so I I, they, I haven't really had a chance to look at it. They have big uh, they have big hopes for him too, and he's uh, supposed to be a really talented kid. There's a few fighters around up here. Yeah, there are. There have always been, you know, uh, some nice fighters from the Midwest and from Minnesota. And I think if Caleb can hang on to this title and make some noise, it will. It always has a ripple effect when there's a fighter that from a, a region that really does well. So I'm sure. That'll have a big impact on uh, on fighters there and give them more confidence. Uh, the Canelo thing, uh, Canelo thing, is kind of a kick in the shins for the sport, I would say, huh? Well, yeah, I, you know, it, it, it was it, in the sense that certainly a lot of boxing fans are looking forward to it, and they um, anytime an event like that is canceled, it's it's a problem. Boxing hasn't had a monstrous problem with that happening uh, no. with drug tests. Ruining fights, but it has happened a couple times, which you would expect in a. Um, I mean, we know it's an issue in all sports, and certainly in combat sports, it has been um, to some degree. But uh, we'll see what there's an April 18th pairing, and we'll see what what is determined whether it's six month or one year um, suspension, and that'll have an impact on whether that Triple G fight moves forward in six months or whether they can still make it. All right, Al. Hey, uh, we hope our uh, guy from Osseo puts on a good show for you tomorrow night. I'm sure he will uh, in any case. And uh, uh, it's nice to visit with you guys. All right, Al Bernstein, uh, showtime tomorrow night, uh, 9 a.m., 9 p.m. our time, Central. But that's the start of the card. I would guess the main event is probably 11 or so, maybe 10.30 on showtime. Uh, Caleb Truax against uh, this James DeGal. A great British fighter who he upset, and supposedly the odds in uh, 
Britain were like 40 to 1 when he beat him over there. So we'll be back. All right, we uh, shall be back uh, momentarily introducing our uh, Friday uh, Fun Fest musical guest. Uh, Johnny Hyde's very excited well, about I, this I one. I think he's a Johnny Hyde guy. I think he is. And uh, one of my favorites uh, from the occasions that I'm listening to Outlaw Country, this guy. Because he has a weekend show that's uh, pretty fantastic. Uh, uh, and he hung out with some real characters, this guy. <laughs> we'll be back.